0: Welcome. We now join Fred Kuhn and his guest. Welcome, everybody. Our guest today is Professor Stephen Cates, who is a graduate professor of human resource management at Purdue University Global. He also has a background with Fortune 100 corporations in human resources and has held HR management positions with Kroller, Miller Brewing, Equity Group, and more. He has over 100 publications in the field of HR management. And so at this point, I'd like to welcome Stephen Cates.
1: Hello, Fred. Thanks for uh,
0: having me. Oh, you're very welcome, Stephen, people will read your biography and your contact information on the guest biography section of the website, so everybody go there and, and be sure to, to look at uh, Stephen's background. It's quite interesting. Our program today is really focused on leadership styles, and I'm very interested in your, your approach to the leadership styles for three generations of employees. That's the boomers. The Gen Y and the X, and we even have Zs in there now. So, talk about what your thoughts are related to these generations and virtual work. And we have a whole lot of issues to talk about today. How would you like to start, Stephen?
1: Let's start with the, if we can, let's talk about leadership styles of the uh, generations that are presently uh, in the workforce. Good. I've done a number of research projects, have published a uh, number of uh, academic journal articles on the idea of what motivates these generations from a leadership perspective, and the research indicates some fairly interesting results and findings as relates to baby boomers being those individuals who look towards having direct leadership, understanding that one-on-one relationship, where Gen X, who were the children of those baby boomers, much more independent. They were latchkey kids and they're more about themselves. So the leadership styles for Gen X would certainly be different than baby boomers. And then when we come to Gen Y or those millennials, it's all about them. And so from a leadership standpoint, it's more about mentoring and nurturing and being able to meet their needs versus meeting the needs of the manager and or the organization Fred.
0: it's really really interesting i saw a predictive index study they had done on management and successful managers and it was odd you would have thought that the boomers would be the successful managers but they weren't in fact that the gen y were rated the most successful managers go figure
1: <laughs> and when you think about gen y managers One of the things that's interesting about them is that they are more participative. They are more into support processes as it relates to their peers and their subordinates versus those Gen X or those baby boomers who are much more into a traditional bureaucratic chain of command process. Where it's entirely different for those Gen Y and millennial uh, employees, and those individuals who are their managers and leaders.
0: Yeah, I remember Sergeant Figgy, whose motto was, "Son, that's a personal problem. Suck it up, move out." And that was <laughs> that was the management style that I grew
1: up with. And Brad, and- when you think about that style, especially for those Boomers who might still be in the workforce, it has become a huge issue with organizations because millennials are not responding positively to that type of leadership style. In fact, what we are finding is just the opposite. What we're having is a process called ghosting, and that the millennial may come to work for an organization. They actually may find themselves with a baby boomer boss, and that that baby boomer boss has certain... Expectations of that individual from a traditional manager subordinate relationship, and then the next day we're looking for that employee, and we can't find them because they have absolutely left the organization without any notification in what we call ghosting
0: that is correct. The turnover rate is becoming larger and larger because of the communication barriers that I'm seeing in the generational ex it, it's it's talking at cross purposes the expectations are not understood by one generation of the others expectations so the work strategies that are employed are hierarchical as opposed to team and it's just it's not what the younger people are coming up and doing they they want team they want camaraderie they want feedback they want all of this that uh, the older generations don't seem to be prone to give
1: one of the uh, interesting statistics is that about 51 52% of all of the leaders in the United States today come from Gen X. We still are finding a disconnect because that Gen X individual is more of about individual, me being the boss and doing what I tell you to do, even semi, if you will, autocratic. And the millennials are really having a a difficult time in being able to follow that leadership style as well. So it's not only baby boomers, but now the majority of our leaders who are Gen X, that those millennials are having a real difficult time following and adhering to those rules. Example given, Gen X, from a traditional organization perspective, would say, I expect you to be here at 8 o'clock every morning, and we take an hour for lunch, and we leave at 5 o'clock, or if the job's not done, we stay. That millennial indicates what is the issue With eight o'clock. Am I here to do my work or am I here to actually adhere to a clock? And the Gen X leader says, Well, we pay you for that mythical 40 hours, and so we expect you to be here that 40 hours. And the Gen Y says, That makes no sense. I thought you were paying me to perform functions and to complete jobs successfully so that, in fact, it helps the organization be sustainable and competitive. So we still have some issues going on between even Gen X and Gen Y today.
0: And it, that's, that is so true, Stephen Cates, absolutely, absolutely true. I was curious, if we follow this further then, how do we break these communication barriers? How do we build better teams? Is that, is that something we can discuss?
1: We can if, in fact... We start with those Gen X managers and those Gen X leaders. We don't see a lot of executive development with those individuals from the communications process as it relates to what is the appropriate leadership style that you need to practice to motivate those highly qualified Gen Y employees that we are attempting to attract to this organization, which gives us a strategic competitive advantage. So it would start with that executive development piece, making sure that those Gen X managers and leaders understand one, here is your leadership style, and this is what is causing you to not be successful in motivating those millennials. And we need to teach you a leadership style that is not only acceptable to the corporation, but is acceptable to those employees that we're trying to attract and retain.
0: We could spend hours talking about the types of training that would take. And the other side of the coin, it seems to me, is getting corporations to be aware of this, that they need this in the first place.
1: And that is one of the huge issues because most corporations assume that if you've been successful at a lower position in the organization, that when we promote you, you have all of the requisite skills to be able to handle those greater responsibilities in the organization. However, what we don't assess in most instances is your leadership style And is that the appropriate leadership style that is going to help us to attract and retain the best talent that we can obtain that's coming in behind us? And the largest part of the United States workforce are Gen Y and millennials. And so that's a huge knowledge gap that I think we have in most US corporations today.
0: Yeah, and the implications are very very severe. The the high turnover ghosting you're talking about, the high turnover, it drops right to the bottom line. It's an erosion of profit that is insidious and very hidden. You don't see it. Like you lose a giant account, you see that. But you keep seeing the turnover and it just you figure that's a cost of business but the question is does it have to be a cost of business can you can you interdict in some way to slow that erosion or reverse it
1: only if you are willing to invest in your existing leaders or developing a new set of leaders that are going to be able to emulate the right leadership style that's going to motivate those individuals who are going to make your organization successful are to fail. And that's one of those areas that I think that most U.S. corporations have not focused on. They certainly are concerned about succession planning. They certainly are concerned about meeting their quarterly financial goals and their year-end goals. But when we start thinking about what is the culture of our leadership style in our organizations, and is that the right fit for those young employees, those Gen Y millennials, and now soon to be Gen Z, the 2020 generation, that when they are attempting to come to work in our organizations, do we have the right leadership style in place that is going to allow us to attract and retain the best of those employees because we need to be practicing talent management as well as looking at succession planning and all the other things that are important for us from a uh, employee perspective.
0: That brings me to a question. I have some perspective, as you do, on the 80s and the fact that in the 80s the emphasis was teaming and there was a, an eventual flattening of the organization's do you see that happening again because of n- – not just because of profit and all of the management consultants that come in, but because of the generational approaches to work? Uh, work at home, for example. I don't need to – like you said, I don't need to be at the office at 8 a.m. in the morning. If I can be on my computer at home at 8 a.m. in the morning and I get finished by 9, I can go do what I need to do, and then I maybe come into the office. I mean It's a different approach. Do you see organizations being more structured or having to move or migrate toward a flattening of the hierarchy, flattening of the management system?
1: What we have, Fred, is a perfect storm in that we have a generation that puts as one of the most desired elements of their work is telecommuting or working virtually, whether that be from home or Starbucks or Wherever other than in a structured traditional environment campus, we have still traditional organizations that indicate we have some real concerns as it relates to having our employees not in the same building with us. Example, we know that Google, which is one of the largest software companies globally, we know that General Electric, who has always had fabulous brand recognition, but at the same time considered to be one of the thought leaders when it comes to leadership in organizations, especially from a succession planning standpoint. Both of those in the last year totally eliminated telecommuting and virtual jobs from their entire organization.
0: Why did they do
1: that? The reason given was that when they embarked, on allowing telecommuting and virtual work is that it resulted in a severe decline in productivity. And if, in fact, we are an organization whose culture is based on performance and delivery, that actually became a huge issue for those organizations from a bottom line perspective. And both of those organizations eliminated all of those jobs as related to being done virtually and brought all of those jobs back in-house. They still have teams, but those teams actually either meet face-to-face or they use software from one campus to another in being able to problem-solve, to being able to create processes from a synergistic perspective that allows huge issues to be resolved by those teams for those organizations. Given those two major companies did away with those types of jobs, is, it's interesting that millennials, those Gen Ys, no longer apply at those two companies.
0: That has to be a real challenge for GE because we know in the news that parts of their company are being sold off and parts because it's unprofitable and they're having some issues. And so do you think this is rolled up into those issues uh, in any way?
1: Uh, To some degree. I think that they are restructuring from a standpoint. Their strategy is to let's go back to the things that we do well rather than trying to own the world. and. So they are retrenching as it relates to the things that they believe that they can control that particular market share within that particular brand from a you know from a brand perspective. But from an employee perspective, this reverberated that if you want to work for g e you're going to have to follow our rule, and that in itself may be a real challenge for g e to be able to convince those Gen Y employees, that we have great opportunities for you. It's just that you're going to have to commute to a building to be able to enjoy a career with us. Even though, from a perspective, we know that you like working virtually, we know that the culture is that you like working in teams, that you like almost a participative, socialistic type of management style, is that I think the challenge for GE is to be able to convince those individuals that all the things they're looking for, they can find a GE, but they're going to have to come to a campus to be able to find those things.
0: Stephen, we have run out of time, unfortunately. What a great discussion. I hope that we can do another one and focus on some other issues that that you and I both have in common. So, Stephen, thank you very much for joining us on Workplace Strategies today.
1: Thank you, Fred. I uh, certainly uh, appreciate the uh, opportunity to come and share with you and to uh, be able to have this discussion with you.
0: Thanks for joining us. If you wish to speak with Fred or you want a transcript of this interview, send an email to podcast at See you soon.